In so many ways, Brandt is a walking answer to prayer. I know many of us are praying for him in quite the medical journey of the past year. And just so grateful that you are where you are right now. So thank you, God. So um, today we are finishing up. We are concluding our series in the book of Mark. Have you been enjoying Mark? Isn't that been good? Just with many of our connection groups are talking about Mark. Many of you are just re- in a reading plan on Mark. We're getting to know Jesus better through the book of Mark. So today we're going to actually be finishing it off in Mark chapter 16. We've got Wyatt Cain. He's going to come up and read scripture. And on, as he's make, come on up. You're doing great, buddy. Um, uh, as he's doing that, we're gonna, we're gonna, this is going to be a little bit of a show and tell moment. Remember show and tell? It was like the best class. Some of you majored in it in college. That was good. Yeah, come on up, Wyatt. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to visit these folks for just a moment. Um, since this passage involves Jesus being anointed, or some women trying to anoint Jesus with, with myrrh, I thought it might be fun to, for you to smell what myrrh smells like. Okay, so take it. If you want, take a stick and just kind of pass it along. And this, take a, take a whiff. <laughs> Take a whiff. If you don't like strong smells, just let it pass you by, okay? So, so pass, pass these along. We'll pass some of these around. Here we go. Just pa- pass them around. Uh, there you go. Okay. And I've got, I've got one for our, our online, online friends here. So um, if, if, you are, if you're watching online right now, okay, I want you to come up to your screen. Okay. Now, now scratch your... Sp- Green and smell deeply. Let's see, see if you got a smell vision. See if that works. Okay, probably not. Okay, anyways. <laughs> One more reason why worshiping in person is just a little bit more fun than worshiping online, though we are grateful for everyone and all the technology that allows us to stay connected. So why, I'm going to put this, this in your hands. I've got the, this, and we're going to invite people to stand out of reverence for God's word. And let's hear Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8 together. Right up with your mouth. There we go. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene. That's right. You got it. Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked for each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene? That's right. You got it. Um, who is crucified? He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Troubling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Nicely done, Wyatt. Can we give him a hand? And you, you can have a seat, and some of you all aren't as brave as Wyatt, coming up, reading scripture, with the fancy words in there, the tricky words. He did great. Way to go, Wyatt. Uh, 
only two, only two remained until the very, very end. And she was one of them. You probably haven't thought about her story very much. Her name was Mary. No, not that Mary. Um, And she was accompanied by another woman named Mary. Mary Magdalene. You've probably heard of Mary Magdalene. But today, I want us to take a closer look at Mary, the mother of James. Or more particularly, Mary, the mother of James the Lesser. James the Younger. Like many women in her time, she would be easily overlooked. She had very little legal status. But she came to encounter Jesus when her son James um, met Christ and started to follow him. In fact, her son James was, there because there were two James among the twelve. This is the younger of the two, not James and John. That's, that's uh well, that, that's the, the, the Zebedee brothers and Salome's their mom. But her son, James, was a follower of Jesus and she saw the, the life change that happened in him and so she joined the ranks of those who were following Christ. She became a disciple as well. She and also her, her son Joseph, who was, a, was among the disciples but wasn't one of the twelve. So they followed Jesus. They heard him teach. They saw how he lived. They watched him heal people. They were with him as he made the journey into Jerusalem, as he taught in the temple courts. Mary was there watching as Jesus was arrested, as he was tried, and as he was crucified. She was there after all of the twelve had left. After Peter had denied Christ three times. She was there watching the crucifixion among some of the other women. And as the day went on, and as Jesus' life left him, It was just her and Mary Magdalene that remained. Everyone else, maybe they were too afraid. Maybe they were too discouraged. Maybe they were too tired. I don't know. But everyone else had left, but not her. She stayed with Jesus. She watched. She heard Jesus' final words on the cross. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? She heard the words of the centurion as Jesus was dying. Surely this man is the son of God. She heard those words. And she and Mary Magdalene watched as Jesus' body was taken down from the cross. As Joseph of Arimathea, he was part of the the Jewish council. He was the dissenting voice on the council that called for Jesus' crucifixion. As Joseph of Arimathea took the body and laid Jesus in a tomb. 
she watched. As the stone was rolled in front of this tomb, this cave in the rock, she watched. So she and Mary Magdalene knew exactly where Jesus was buried. She watched, she stayed until the very end of the day before the Sabbath. And then out of obedience, out of reverence, out of just being a good Jewish woman, she rested on the Sabbath. She did all the things you would normally do on the Sabbath. She, she did that. And then very early in the morning on the day after the Sabbath, the Sunday morning, she and Mary Magdalene, who also knew the location of the tomb, and Salome, the mom of James and John, they made their journey back to finish up what they hadn't had the opportunity to do when Jesus was laid in the tomb. They came back to anoint his body with myrrh. Did you smell the myrrh? It's a burial spice. You might remember it from the Christmas story. I wonder if some of the myrrh that they carried was some of the same myrrh that the Magi had given to Mary, the mother of Jesus. She came back to anoint his body with myrrh. Really, its purpose is just to show honor to the deceased and to help the body not smell so bad as it decays. If you take another whiff of the myrrh, if you happen to have one of the sticks, you can see how it would mask sense. There were no expectations. There's probably plenty of disappointment. This had not turned out as she had assumed it would. And this great man, the one that she had followed along with her son James, along with her son Joseph, this great man, this great man, this teacher, this teacher of the law, this teacher, this miracle worker, this one who spoke like nobody else had spoke, who did like nobody else would do, this man, and they, they, she, she, she just wanted to honor this man. That's all she wanted to do. She just showed up to do the right thing after everyone else had left. So the scriptures record for us that she, Mary Magdalene and Salome, they're making their journey back to the the place where where she and Mary Magdalene had seen Jesus' body laid. They're approaching the tomb and they're wondering who's going to roll away the stone. It's a big stone. Maybe maybe all three of them working together could. Maybe there's somebody, maybe they can find some, some big, strong person somewhere in the cemetery space that can help them do that so they can roll the stone back so they can go into the tomb so they can put the anointing spices on the body so they can pay homage and give honor to this great man there was no expectation why would you assume anything unusual would happen in that moment And yet, as they drew closer to the tomb, they noticed something was odd, something was off. Something was was not right. And even in the dim light of morning, they could see that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. 
Who would do such a thing? How disrespectful, how, how horrible, and how difficult. It's a big rock. So they approach the tomb. The stone is rolled away. Can you imagine how spooky that moment would be? And they step inside, presumably with the, the, the spices in hand, they step inside and they look at the place where they saw the body of Jesus and he's not there and they look to the right and there's a young man sitting there. Do not be alarmed, the young man said. Too late, thought Mary Magdalene. Thought Mary, the mother of James. Would you be alarmed in this moment? How weird is this moment? Oh, fancy running into you here. In the midst of a tomb. (laughs) Do not be alarmed, this young man said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who is crucified. He has risen. But go, tell his disciples. And Peter, that he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And so terrified, the women left the tomb. Now, Mark chapter chapter 16, it seems, may even end with the phrase, and they told nobody about it. It seems eventually they did. Isn't it interesting as you were reading the book of Mark all the times when Jesus worked a miracle and he said, tell nobody about it, and then they tell everybody about it? And this is the one point where it says they told nobody, and yet everybody now knows. (laughs) It's amazing. But as we conclude this series in the book of Mark, um, I wanted us to, because we often hear like the resurrection accounts at Easter, which, of course, is when we should be hearing them, at least. If you go to a church at Easter and they don't read a resurrection account, it's a bad church, leave. But, but I wanted to take a look at this, 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 the, this resurrection story from a slightly different angle today because most of the time when we're hearing the story of the, of the resurrection, we are rightly and appropriately, we're focusing on what happened to Jesus. Jesus rose from the dead. He actually, literally rose again from the dead. Friday, he's a lifeless corpse. Sunday, he's a risen Lord. That's a big deal. Nobody else in history has done that. Nobody, nobody, nobody. And it is a historical fact. One that can be investigated, you can, put, you can put against all the same kinds of criteria that you would use to gauge any other historical event. It is a historical event. It really happened. But for just a moment this morning, just a moment, I want us to spend some time thinking about how do we know all these details about Jesus's crucifixion, about how his life ended, and how do we know these details of the very First moments of the resurrection. Now, there would be plenty of evidence later on. Jesus would appear to his disciples on the road to Emmaus, and he would appear to hundreds of people at, at a single time over the, over the next 40 days. Um, truly amazing things would happen. This is not the only evidence of the resurrection, but it's the first evidence of the resurrection. 
And I wanted us to just spend a moment to appreciate these two women. So easily overlooked. So overlooked. I mean, I was noticing as, as I was reading, you know, Mark again in this, in this series. And maybe you have like, I mean, I've read the, the crucifixion accounts many times. And I've never really paid attention to Mary, the mother of James. Have you? And yet, th- think about it. Like the latter half of Mark 15, if you've got your paper Bibles out of your little version ones, just flip to Mark chapter 15. Just, and think of the, the last half of that chapter. All of the details of how Jesus died. How do we know those details? We know those details because Mary, the mother of James, and Mary Magdalene, were there after all the rest of them had left. They stayed with Jesus. They stayed with Jesus. Latter half of of Matthew 27, how do we know all those details? We know them because Mary, the mother of James, Mary Magdalene, they stayed with Jesus. Latter half of John chapter 19, two chapters back from the end of the book. How do we know all those details? We know them because Mary, the mother of James, and Mary Magdalene, what'd they do? They stayed with Jesus. Latter half of Luke chapter 23, how do we know all those details? We know those details because Mary, the mother of James, and Mary Magdalene, they... They stayed with Jesus. They stayed with Jesus after everyone else had fled. They stayed with Jesus when everyone else was too scared. They stayed with Jesus when it looked like all was lost. When there was no anticipated happy ending to this moment. They stayed with Jesus. They stayed. I'm sure glad they stayed. <laughs> In our lives, there are often people, like, there, there are people who stay through the tough times. Do you have people like that in your life? I hope you do. They say that that's when you know who your true friends are. In your times of crisis, the ones who actually stick around when there's nothing in it for them. When things have gotten hard, when the outcome does not necessarily look like it's going to be hopeful. I hope you have people in your life who have stayed with you. And these dear women, they stayed with Jesus. Now, presumably, they could have stayed with Jesus a little... I mean, women... Ladies, keep, your, keep the safeties on for a second, okay? Um, women in the Roman culture had almost no legal status. Almost no. They had some. In fact, it was right to the point where women could not testify in a Roman court of law as a, as a reliable witness. Th- that's how little legal status they had. I'm not saying that was right. That, chill out. But that is what was. That is what was. In fact, um, the, 
the, the resurrection accounts that, re- that record Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome as being the first witnesses of the resurrection, it's actually one of the better proofs of the authenticity of the resurrection. Stick with me, okay? So imagine if the disciples, after Jesus had died, they got together in some sneaky room and they said, okay, let's invent a religion. Let's come up with the story that Jesus rose again from the dead. Imagine it was a made-up thing. Imagine the resurrection was a myth. And so they're talking around the room. What will that cost us? It'll cost us everything. Everyone's going to want to kill us. Oh, let's do it anyways. Okay. If they were to come up with a make-believe story of the resurrection of Jesus, there is no way, no way, no way whatsoever that they would make the first witnesses of the resurrection women. Why? Because it wouldn't actually help them advance the story. The reason why the women are consistently included in the gospel accounts of the resurrection is because it actually happened. It actually happened. That's why that inconvenient detail from a legal perspective is right there. Aren't you glad those women stayed? Maybe they were able to to linger in the crowd longer than some of the men because like many women during that time, they would be very easily overlooked. Who would ever imagine that Mary, the mother of James, she's just some old lady with kids. We barely even know her name. We just know her name through her children. And the fact that about a quarter of the women in first century were named Mary. It's a super common name. Um... But they were able to be in the crowd because they would be so easily overlooked. What kind of threat is a little old lady? (laughs) You see, in human kingdoms, we look to things like power and prestige and social status, and we say, that's what makes them a leader. But in God's economy, do you know who changes the world? Little old ladies who stick around. (laughs) Mary Magdalene, who was probably a younger woman, but we don't know all of her story. But the the one detail that we biblically know is that that she had, was it seven demons exercised from her? She was messed up. That's all I'm saying. She was a mess. She was a hot mess. And these are the kinds of people that God uses to change the world. He's not waiting for your social status or your academic pedigree. He's not looking at how much is in your bank account and whether you invested in cryptocurrency and are broke now. The things that really matter? Faithfulness. Resilience. People who stay with Jesus even when it's hard, especially when it's hard. Those are the people whose eyewitness testimonies would be read by billions of people. Those are the ones who provide the foundation for our understanding of the crucifixion and the resurrection. I am so glad 
for Mary, the mother of James, and for Mary Magdalene. What amazing women. They stayed. In every church, there's the people that they throw parties for, and there's the people that stay afterwards and clean up after the party. Which one of the two do you think is... Well, I'm, actually, I shouldn't make comparisons there. But we all know that the heroes that make organizations run are the ones who stay. And maybe the kingdom leaders in God's eyes are the ones that are emptying the trash, cleaning up the stains from the floor, to make sure the doors are locked. People who stay after everyone else has left. Aren't you grateful for the people who stay in your life? So as we look to apply this to our own life, I've got just here's a three-word application of the message today. It'll shock you. Stay with Jesus. Good things happen when you stay with Jesus. Even though it's hard. And to a certain degree right now, um, as, we're, as we're talking this morning and as you're joining us online or however, or you're listening to my voice at whatever point, um, I'm talking to people who have stayed with Jesus. You've probably figured out that it's getting harder to be a Christian nowadays. It's... Uh, Sometimes socially and culturally, it's, it's difficult. Um, I could be stepping in a little bit of trouble. Did you see the thing this week? It was a Candace Cameron Bure. She, she made a statement um, this past week about how glad she was to be in a movie that celebrated a traditional marriage, and she just got slaughtered on social media. It is harder to be a Christian nowadays. So there's the cultural challenges, but there's also the internal ones. (laughs) And we all have known friends that just got discouraged by the sheer hypocrisy in the church. Over the last couple of years, Christians have not behaved well, (laughs) especially. At times, we've behaved a lot more like a social interest group, or special interest group, I should say than like our namesake, Christian, which means little Christs. (laughs) It was originally used as a derogatory term, but it's actually quite a badge of honor that that when people see you, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you are a Christian, that on some level they see Jesus in you. That you're a love like Jesus, Christian. You're a lead like Jesus, Christian. You're a live like Jesus, Christian. You're... A person who, just like Jesus, puts the needs of others before yourself. Who doesn't stomp and demand your own way every time things go wrong. But trust that sometimes the way to resurrection happens through crucifixion. Sometimes we have to lose in order to win. And so we've all known people that just fell away from the faith. Because they got discouraged by the behavior of Christians. Let's be honest about that. But you stayed. You stayed. 
I'm glad you stayed. And, and while I hope that this morning, as we take a look at this, you know, this, this, this Mark passage, it, it provides a little mini celebration, a little mini party for Mary, the mother of James, because we don't often think of her. We, a little mini party for Mary Magdalene, because we don't often think of her, even though they are tremendous heroes of the faith. So I hope on one level we hear that. They stayed with Jesus, stay with Jesus too. They are heroes, remember them. They were disciples when all the disciples were not acting like disciples anymore. <laughs> and let's remember. Let's, so, when, so they go into this tomb and this young man, um, and I love how they record it's on the right-hand side. I mean, they, they, they knew, they remembered this moment. <laughs> so would you, by the way. They remember this moment and they, they you know, later to discover this was an angel. This was a messenger from God. This young man speaks to them. Let's hear again what he spoke to them. So this young man says to, 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 to Mary, the mother of James, Mary Magdalene and Salome, who are absolutely losing their mind because they're just so freaked out. They say, but go and tell his disciples and Peter. Let's stop there for a second. So in this story, at this moment, the probably the most true disciples in this particular moment are Mary, the mother of James. Mary who? And who's the third woman? Because they're the ones who are there. Go and tell the disciples. I wonder, I wonder if the original had air quotes. You know, all those guys, all those guys that, that you know, that were so important, they're off huddled in a room, you know, crying, or whatever they're doing, go tell them. And what's the other name listed? Peter. Now, Peter was one of the disciples. He's one of the 12. But what has Peter done at this moment? He has denied Christ three times. I mean, if there is the, if there is the truest example of hypocrisy in the scriptures, Peter is living this out. Peter is absolute rock bottom at this moment. He told Jesus he would never leave him. And what did he do? He left him. The women stayed. Peter left. And so I say this to you and to me and to us today. If you're one of the ones who stayed, let me see your eyes. If you are one of the ones who have stayed, Go, tell his disciples and tell Peter, which I think maybe one of the applications we can hear from that today is that if you have stayed with Jesus, you've been one of those brave people who stayed with Jesus, even when it was culturally inappropriate, even when you have probably gotten discouraged by the way that you've seen faith lived out in the culture around you, probably at moments, at least once or twice. You've been a little embarrassed maybe by the behavior of some Christians. Don't look at anyone right now. Just, you know, you got a little embarrassed by that. But you stayed. The same message that was, the messenger gave to Mary, the mother of James, Mary Magdalene, Siloamis, is, is the same message I think we need to hear today. If you have stayed, if you have stayed, Go. Go. And go reach out to the ones that have fallen away. 
Because the gospel, the gospel, the true message of why Christ came, the one who died on the cross for human sin, the one who did rise again in victory over death, over sin and death. He came to save not just the brave, the few brave who stayed, but he came to save the coward and the hypocrite And the Peter who is so busted up about his activity that he wishes he could die. And the gospel is for them too. Thank you for staying. May the Lord send us to reach out to those whose faith is faltering. To the ones huddled in the room. too scared to the ones disappointed and believing they've blown it so bad that there's no way God could could forgive them go and tell Peter and the disciples air quote disciples and Peter who won't he won't who wouldn't even wouldn't even list himself in this moment among the disciples go tell them I'm going ahead of you into Galilee you'll see him there The resurrection is real. Jesus rose again from the dead and it changes everything. This life is not not the end of the story. It's just the end of the chapter of this story. And there's another chapter coming. So my friends, do not be discouraged. Stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. I want to have us close with a little, just a little prayer. Try to apply this. Jesus, I'm staying with you. (laughs) Have you been discouraged? Jesus, I'm staying with you. Have you found yourself disappointed by the events in culture? Jesus, I'm staying with you. Have you found yourself discouraged by the behavior of Christians around us at times? But Jesus, I'm staying with you. You are the way, you are the truth, you are the life, you are the hope. We have no one else but you. Jesus, I am staying with you. Would you stand with me as we pray? If you're able, if you're able. Jesus, I'm staying with you. Would you bow your heads as we pray? Lord, we thank you for these brave examples of faith. Thanks for Mary, the mother of James. We've overlooked her, but you didn't. For Mary Magdalene, we often overlook her, but you didn't. For these moms, these brave women, thank you that they stayed. Lord, we thank you for the people in our life that, like them, have been examples of faithfulness, of resilience when times were hard. Lord, may we walk in their legacy. Lord, in the places where we're discouraged, build us up. Lord, may your Holy Spirit Strengthen us and empower us and fill us.
so that no matter what life throws at us, that we might stay with you. Because Lord, we know that you, you are the way and the truth and the life. You've gone before us to prepare a place for us. That one day there'll be a new heaven. There will be a new earth. That there'll be a full reset of everything. So Lord, we want to stay with you. And Lord, we think especially of those who have faltered. The friends, the family members, the loved ones. They're struggling. Lord, help us to be inspired by the story of Mary, the mother of James and Salome. Mary Magdalene, that rather than discard or give up on those who fell away, that instead we would go. So Lord, fill us with compassion for those who struggle. And just invite you, friends, as your head is bowed, and maybe there's people that are coming to mind right now. Just take a moment, and just, just before the Lord, just lift them up. We've got, you, I know you've got names. I know you've got names. If you're a follower of Jesus, your heart is broken for some of your loved ones. Take a moment. Take a moment. Just pray for them, please. For those who are discouraged, for those who have fallen away, for those who feel like they've given up on their faith, just take a moment and pray for them, please. Lift them up. And if you right now this morning, you you feel a little bit like Peter. You feel like maybe you've blown it. And and for whatever reason, you feel like you're distant from the Lord and you want that to change today. And you want to recommit your life to Christ or give your heart to Jesus for the first time. So I'm not going to put you on the spot, although other than, other than ask this, if, if, that's, if that's your prayer this morning, can we just make eye contact for a moment? Just look up. Look up. I see you. Yeah, I see you. And I see you. Lord, thank you that you don't give up on those who get discouraged. That your gospel, your gospel is just as true for the heroes as it is for the deserters. Thank you, Jesus, that you always stay with us. So, Lord, we thank you for your resurrection power, the one that brings life from from dead places because, God, we've got lots of dead places in our life that need to come to life. And so, God, we give ourselves to you. We give ourselves to you today. So, so friends, I'm just going to give you a, just give you a moment. We'll have about 30 seconds of silence. And I just invite you, with whatever the Holy Spirit is, is impressing on your heart today, whatever that might be, just talk to him about it. Joining us online, just, it's going to be quiet for a second. Internet death, but anyways, just stick with it. Stay with it. And just allow God to speak to you with whatever the Holy Spirit lays on your heart today. Just listen.